And we're live. We'll give everybody like a few minutes. Got it? To join us. So while we are doing that, Grace, can you catch us up on what's happening with transmission? Oh my goodness. This has been happily growing. I really had no idea when we started. We launched the first of July. And I've got about 130 who are the regular followers now, uh, most of them here in the States, two in Europe, one in Japan. Uh, and I have been getting uh, interaction with some, providing some counsel, uh, which is what I really wanted to do. I know some people are going through just such hard time, particularly with their families and their churches. So it's, uh, it's, it's really good to be able to be there as a, as a resource. Uh, I'm glad I'm here on personal safety. I have so far gotten one death threat. I get hate mail all the time. People hate the trans community anyway. I add a Roman collar to it and it pushes some people right over the deep end. So wait a uh, minute. I feel like you just started transmission like less July than two 1st. months ago. Yep. Yes. Yeah. We, we, you know, we had sort of, uh, we're, we're had the page up and we're promoting it, but we actually went live July 1st. Uh, so we do a mass every Sunday, and uh, I do a podcast, try to make it on a regular schedule. Usually it's on Thursdays. Sometimes they're interesting, and sometimes they're not, but that's the way it goes. Um, so it's, uh, um, but like I said, the, the, the following has uh, really grown. I think our, our clergy across the country have been promoting it, which is, uh, which is a good thing. And it's, uh, I know there's a, such a dire need out there. So many churches have said, get out of here. We don't need you. We don't want you. And, uh, and we tell them, come, you're welcome here. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's good. Oh, I'm so glad it's going well, Sarah. We're going to bring up that death note. We're going to talk about that if that's okay with you. And, and there is my, my long-term thing. I, I want to do what you do with my feminine heart and create a private page so that I can have more substantive interaction, programming, that kind of thing. So you're such a success at what you do that uh, I'm going to borrow from you. <laughs> Happy to have trailblazed. Right. So right. excited to see all this goodness happening in the world. Right. Oh, my goodness. So you're, you're St. Cass. <laughs> okay. that's, that's a little high to live There we go. But thank you. Thank you, Grace. Thank you. Georgia, we haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? Uh, it's been a busy month and a half, I guess. Uh, my father died in mid-July, so I've had to make a few trips to Florida so we can uh, finalize his affairs and get him. Uh, there's a, been like a two or three week wait while the ME down there could clear him to be cremated. Uh, I guess with uh, all the people dying in Florida right now. Um, and then my air conditioner gave out early in August. So I've had to deal with that. And <laughs> it's just been a lot of things going on. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about your dad. Oh, hmm. my goodness. Well, he was 96, so it wasn't unexpected. <laughs> that's, so still, that's still never easy. Yeah. And certainly not easy to deal with something like that when you have no air conditioning in this heat. That's just the, that's like the straw, right? <laughs> Thank you for piling it on. 
<laughs> no. Well, we are happy to have you join us again tonight. And I'm a little um, slow today. I had went to the eye doctor and my eyes are still very sensitive to the light. So I'm trying to keep it light enough. You can see me, but not too bright that it's hurting my eyes. So. Hey, feel free to go grab some sunglasses if you need it. You can rock that cool cat look. We'll be fine. <laughs> In fact, everybody's got glasses tonight, but Sarah. So Sarah is the one who sees clearly, which is good because she's our expert joining us tonight. And it's eight o'clock, so I am going to get us started. Welcome, everybody. It is Trans Tuesday by My Feminine Heart. As I always say, it is my favorite night of the week. My name is Cassandra Storm. I am your host and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And tonight we are having a discussion panel on personal safety with our favorite personal safety expert, the beautiful Sarah Moore. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And hun, you're on mute. <laughs> uh, did, it, did it go off? Yep, we've got you now. Yeah, I thank you so much for having me. Um, so again, as I said, I said before, uh, my my internet connection is a little stable. So it said I was unmuted, but you couldn't hear me. So there's one example of what we're going to be dealing with, apparently. So that's okay. It's you know the internet and a hurricane is coming up the coast. So we 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 came into this evening expecting things might be a little shaky. That's all right. Um, I'd like to give a big shout out. As you notice, Sarah and I are not the only ones on the screen. We have our beautiful club members joining us. Thank you so much, Grace Ferris, Georgette Corneo, Bronwyn Drew, and Rami Saragon. We have um, a crew of advocates on this stage that are ranging from the US all the way to New Zealand. So thank you so much for representing the beautiful world that we have. If you tuned in a little early, we got in a few minutes early, we were catching up on transmission with Grace. Always something wonderful to check out and the amazing things she's doing in the world. So Sarah, thank you for coming in. I'd like to remind everybody, if you are new to my feminine heart, uh, personal safety was one of the reasons I started this. Actually, well, I had a list of 20 or 30 reasons why I wanted to start my feminine heart. And one of the most important pieces of that educational component of the things I wanted to talk about was safety. Um, I would notice as I would go as a photographer, I would go to trans conferences and I saw so many dangerous behaviors uh, unwittingly, unknowingly being uh, done by trans women because they had lived most of their life as, as men in society and were not raised from birth to have a sense of necessarily stranger danger and an awareness that they could always potentially be a victim. And so I would go to conferences and I would see women, uh, trans women not watching their drinks, getting into cars without verifying that it was the right car that was supposed to be picking them up you know, other behaviors like that, that made me so nervous that when we started My Feminine Heart, Sarah was one of the first people I reached out to and asked her to do this. She jumped in, we recorded a bunch of um, webinars up at first event in 2020 before COVID hit, sharing her expertise, not knowing what this was gonna look like. Tonight is her, I, we believe, 
first live episode because she's been super duper busy since COVID hit. So this is the first Trans Tuesday live where we have had this amazing expert on. Uh, and if you're wondering why we go to her for our um, personal safety expertise, I will let her share her bio with you. Sarah, could you tell us a little bit about your background and why we are um, you know, in, in need of this amazing expertise where your perspective comes in? Sure. Well, I mean, so my background actually starts at a very young age. As a as a child, um, my uh, my mom was uh, was very much um, into personal safety, and she had this sort of mentality that sort of everybody had an angle. Everybody was trying to um, you know take whatever it was that you had, and you had to take steps to to prevent that from happening and you had to to be vigilant and so that carried over many years later when i got into law enforcement and 21st year as a city police officer um, i've been a specialty investigator in uh, domestic violence uh, sexual assault and other gender-based crimes for the bulk of my career so 15 or so years uh, specializing um, as a detective in those areas. And so when I work with uh, folks that are, that are in these abusive relationships, they are in need of a lot of personal safety. And so uh, it's certainly carried over there, but we, but we also see a lot of folks that are not in intimate relationships being victimized. And as as a detective, I not only handle the cases that I specialize in, but I handle the bigger case, some of the bigger cases as a general detective from time to time as well. As it, and that includes everything from, you know, property crimes, which I, I don't do a lot of, all the way up to homicide. And so it, it really varies. Um, but suffice it to say, I've been doing this a long time. Uh, prior to that, I was in emergency medicine and did that for a number of years before getting into uh, law enforcement, which was a life of mine, something that I had uh, I'd been, uh, police explorers and, and all this other uh, person and then just sort of went on a different path and came back to where my heart was. Well, we're so glad that your path led you to where you are. Thank you so much for coming on to share your expertise with us. Uh, for anybody who is new to what we are doing tonight, My Feminine Heart uh, is an interactive online show and community. So every week we gather in one form or another on Tuesday nights, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes we have our club members join us um, for a discussion panel like tonight. And we love that because we not only get Sarah's expertise, but everybody else's experiences as well. For those of you who are at home, oh, welcome. Oh my goodness, we have so many people joining us. Erica Fremont, girl, you're my first question for tonight. Ashley Glennon, it's so lovely to have you. She's sitting and waiting to get on a plane. Gabby Morgan, Allison Martin, Liz Tattersall. Um, thank you ladies so much, Sarah Shore. Liz, thank you for joining us. If you have questions or have experiences where you're not sure if um, you could have prevented a situation or aired in like a safer matter, please ask while we have Sarah with us. 
Now, one of the questions, Sarah, that we had for tonight leading into this evening was about safety walking to a car. So one of our club members, Erica Fremont, shared that when she was raising her daughters, she was just that helicopter parent. And though she hadn't really thought about safety for herself, she thought about it for her children, but for herself and for others out there, what is something that we should be aware of now that you know we are out running around in the world again and heading back into conferences and events and social gatherings? And we have that moment where we're going from the restaurant or the bar to the car. Well, honestly, there's there's really one thing that is a common theme in any personal safety, and that is awareness. Awareness of your surroundings, awareness of what's going on, what things are different. Now, it used to be that if you saw someone approaching you with a mask, you would run the other way because that was danger, right? But now everybody's wearing masks. So what what does danger look like what is normal what's not normal what makes the hair stand up on the back of your necks and we can just there's there's danger everywhere our world is constantly changing there are people that um that have that have an ulterior motive and whatever that motive is that the motive may be to cause us harm because of who we are the motive may be to rob the motive may be something else uh, we, we don't know it's certainly all based in power and control but the, re the reality is is that when you walk to the car to get sort of circle back to the question here is know your surroundings are you in an open parking lot with a lot of people or as i found myself visiting some friends in uh down in uh, salem massachusetts um i had parked pretty far away from the area where I was going because I found a parking space. And it was, you know, summertime in Salem, Massachusetts. It's a waterfront town and there's there's a lot of um, people going there. And with mass restrictions and a lot of other restrictions loosened in Massachusetts, uh, there, was, there was a lot of people out. Beautiful night. I got out of my car and I started walking. And I quickly realized that the neighborhood that I was in was not this high-end waterfront neighborhood of safety. This neighborhood had certain things that said to me, okay, this is an average working class neighborhood, not what I would have expected to find right near the water in Salem, Massachusetts. Nothing wrong with that. So as I'm walking along, I see people going about their normal business, Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Again, not what I was expecting, but residential neighborhood. And then I start to walk through another area and I see a couple of particular people that seem to be drinking out in the public. I don't think it was legal. I'm well out of my jurisdiction at that time. And, uh, but, uh, and, and, it doesn't create the monster, but it brings the monster out. So I noticed the alcohol person's hands and that triggered a red flag for me, mask or no mask. And so that person is marked in my mind, all right? 
Now they're probably harmless. They're probably just out having a good time or whatever. But again, that was something that's different. That's something that I, a red flag. So I keep an eye on that person. I know where that person is. I know what they're doing that's, that's changing. But I'm also always looking around and listening as well. Use all your senses. Don't look at the ground. And I know sometimes if you don't, if you're not full time, or if you're, if you're going out for the first time, you're just unsure of yourself, you don't have a lot of confidence in general. That's, that's a lot of people. Um, what do you do? You put your nose to the ground. Like, I just need to get to where I'm going, or I'm focused on my phone or my watch or whatever's got the directions on it. So yeah, those things are things that we all sort of focus on, but we need to focus on our surroundings more. And that's whether it's walking to your car or walking to the restaurant or back from, and, and oftentimes when you're, you know, when I was walking to the waterfront to get, to get dinner, it was light. There's a lot of people around. As I'm walking back through that same neighborhood, it's now dark and more people are out and more alcohol is out, you know? There's not a Salem cruiser driving through there, right? So, so I'm paying attention to those things. So we all just have to, to really focus on our surroundings and it's easier said than done because there are distractions. And so that's, I think the, the biggest thing, but the other thing is as you, as you focus on the surroundings, if there's something that triggers that sense, that sixth sense that we all have, that something's wrong, something may well be wrong. So go in a different direction, turn around, find a friend, make sure you have your phone available, any of these things to prepare for what may happen and heighten your awareness of, that, of the surroundings. Maybe the phone's in your hand, but you're not looking at it. What's the, the, does your phone have an emergency button that all quickly dial 911 and hit send? Things in advance before you're going out are good things to be prepared for. Sarah, that, those are some fantastic points. I mean, who here, let's see, let's see in the Zoom, raise your hand if you've been guilty of walking around looking at your phone or on a call and not paying attention to your surroundings, right? Like that, that happens. Um, and uh, a couple of things that you're saying about, you know, alcohol, not create what you said, not creating the monster, but bringing the monster out. Um, it's, it's interesting. I was walking my dog through my neighborhood with my attorney, my friend who's my attorney, who wasn't just walking as my attorney. And we were talking about a situation that I had seen where somebody I thought who should have been acting and behaving and communicating normally was erratic and out of control. And I didn't understand it. It seemed so extreme. And her instant response was they were probably high. And she said, I know from all the people that I work with how high substance abuse is now. And as we're walking and we're walking, these aren't like direct neighbors, but a big, big walk. She's literally, as we're walking by some home, she's saying there's smoking pot in there right now. I can smell it from the street. And that's not something that I'm attuned to that I would have noticed. And that never would have been my first response, but people are medicating themselves so heavily, especially in the last year and a half with COVID um, that, you know, and there's so much pent up anger anyway, it seems that people are 
overreacting in a lot of situations. So even in a situation where things probably would be normal, you now never know how somebody's going to behave when you're walking past them. Yeah. What did, um, did Sarah say anything that really struck a chord with anybody else or spark anybody else's thoughts or instances in the zone? Oh, Grace, I think you're muted. Everybody's muted. There we go. It was interesting. Something I didn't think about. You went to dinner, it was light. And then by the time you came back, it was not. And, uh, Quite frankly, whenever I go anywhere, I never give any thought to what it's going to be like when I come out. So now, you know, thank you for that. That's uh, something to keep in mind. Yeah. You know, and one thing, one thing that I don't think a lot of people think about when you're when you're coming back in the dark setting, you know, you, we have these purses, you know, that are that we can put lots of things in, mm -hmm. and LED lights are tiny now. So yeah, you can pull out your phone and, and use the phone light on it to, to give you a little bit of light, but it doesn't give you much light. Powerful, tiny LED lights that you can just tuck in your purse. And if you need a light in your hand when you're walking, just to keep it, you know, just to illuminate your path, if you're going to a dark, they're and, and easy to get a hold and easy to use. So that's something to consider. One thing I hadn't considered, Sarah, is you had mentioned the emergency contact on the phone. Thank goodness I've never had to use it. For me, that I when I that pops up, I panic because I hit something to accidentally bring that up. And I think, oh my goodness, I don't want to accidentally call 911. It never occurred to me to purposely bring that up and walk around with it ready to dial if I needed assistance. Has anybody else thought about doing that kind of proactively using that emergency um, dial on the phone? Well, I, I bought a uh, flare bracelet that does it, that. There's a button that's hidden. And uh, if I just press it and release it, it sends a bogus call to my phone so I can discreetly get out of uh, whatever situation I'm in. But if I hold the button for three seconds and release it, it sends out texts to the people that I've designated. And then if I don't answer the coded message from the operator, they call 911 and it has my GPS in it. Um, now I've seen these, I think on Instagram, but I didn't know I could send a bogus call to myself. So you're saying you can just send it to your phone, act like you're answering your phone and walk away. Yes. So yeah, you're in a bar or whatever, you're on a date and it's going bad and you got an idea that the person isn't exactly a nice one. You just kind of discreetly, you know, hold your hand and just press the button and the phone will ring. And then, you know, so you pick it up and you can pick any one of 10 different types of uh, voices. So mine, I have, um, it sounds like my sister calling saying, I need you to come right away. And when she speaks, there's a pause so that I can respond. So it sounds like a real phone call. So if you just hold the phone a little away so that the person can hear it, then you can say, I'm sorry, I've got to go because they would have just heard that phone call too. So that's the, the first line of defense. And then the second one, like I said, just press the button for three seconds and then it sends out texts that say uh, that I'm in trouble is my GPS location. And, um, and then an option if you want 911 called, you know, they'll do that too. Just aside from the emergency support, that is like an introvert's dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wanna get out of a, uh, and then the, the thing that's nice, you, you, you do that, and then they send a message, are you okay? Or you just, and you check, you know, yeah, A, you did this, hit it accidentally, B, you're showing it to somebody, but it's, and it's kind of an 
Uh, it's hard to see on my thing. It's, I mean, it's kind of nice looking. So yeah, uh, can you hold it all the way up to the camera? Yes. Um, uh, here we go. Let me oh, see. So, let's see. I think I get behind it; it won't fade out. I got that background thing going on, but the the button is uh, there. It is right on the side. Uh, you know, right there. And there we go. So, and they have different styles. This is the beaded one. They have them that are like cuffs as well. So that's awesome. Now, what did that cost you? And do you have to pay a monthly service for that? No, that's what's really nice. It was uh, the full retail price, I think a hundred and a quarter or 129, but everybody gets the, you know, it's a new company, the 15% discount or whatever. And then uh, they say the battery lasts in it about two years. And then uh, once it, it uh, gets to a point where it isn't working anymore, I send it back to them and then uh, they'll send another one. I think the replacement is, it's less 60 or $70 or something like that. So, and there's no monthly charge. And, uh, and I've hit the button a few times to, to show to my daughters and you know, show to my sister. And uh, yesterday I just bumped it by mistake and, uh, and it does, it works, it, it's, it's just great. Okay, well, um, now I know what I'm buying everyone for Christmas. Yep. That's easy. Thank you, thank you, Grace. So pleasure. And from I'm quite fashionable from, with it. <laughs> from our chat, Ashley Glennon, one of our club members says, looking back, I've used my phone as a crutch while walking around in my early days of, of first coming out and now realizing that by looking down to avoid eye contact, I was paying far too little attention to my surroundings. Mm. So this has definitely struck a chord. So Sarah, thank you. Um, Erica, thank you for, for bringing this question up. Um, and did anyone else have anything they wanted to say before we move on? Go ahead, Bronwyn. Uh, yeah, a little bit about looking down and stuff. It, that that uh, shows that you're you're making yourself a target by doing that, and just from that behavior, and it shows a lack of confidence. If you act like you know what you're doing, people are less likely to bother you. So, have you found that to be true, Sarah? So criminals like easy targets. They, they look for weakness. And when you show weakness, they exploit it. So, so that's on point. Um, but from, the, from the perspective of a trans person, we're, we're, I remember the first time I went out in public. It's scary. You don't want, and everybody can relate. I see nods, but everybody can relate to this. It is scary. You know, this is not something, especially in years ago when, when I first started to go, this was this of trans people. And so, well, I think I'm free. Uh, all right, can you still see me? I people yeah. started to freeze up on me there a little bit. It's okay, okay, good. So, so, but anyway, so you know, we're in a little bit more accepting uh, of a society now, obviously. So it's a little bit easier, but it's still super scary. It's still super scary to to go out that first time, and so you go to that crutch, and so it's a balance. What can I do to create a sense of 
um, safety and, and be aware of my surroundings while also mitigating that fear that I'm feeling. And that there's no easy answer there. I think that one of the benefits of masks is that it allows us more of that anonymity if you're if you're going out for the first time or you know you're you're not comfortable going out yet you know so you you get to be a little more anonymous um, in in the face mask so that's I guess a side benefit. Georgette, I saw your hand raised. What would you like to say? Yeah, this is all good, and it's I guess. Uh, what I'll call newer trans people um, have to learn uh, going from a place of, we'll say male privilege to female, not so much privilege, that um, women from their earliest have learned all these things. Uh, it's not just a trans person's problem. Uh, it, it's, you're just as likely to get assaulted or whatever just being out there. Uh, Washington DC's had a rash of people that are getting uh, grabbed up and taken to ATMs to force them to pay money. Uh, it's, and that's not just women or trans women. Uh, so it, it is a problem of everybody. You have to be aware of where you are, uh, what, what the times are. Uh, I always found Traveling, if you can, in small groups always helps. Um, I had to uh, learn to do a lot of this at a much younger age than most of the people here uh, back in my 20s. Um, it, it, you tend not to think about it. Um, and I, not so much on that, but there was other things that you have to learn. Uh, and that's what I tell most, I, I will call them say newer people in that uh, they're in the first five to 10 years of uh, uh, any kind of transgender transition type of stuff. Um, Georgia, you bring up an excellent point about DC. And that reminds me, I had a, a girlfriend visit me a couple months ago and she said somebody tapped her car when she came through the city. And all of a sudden I had a flashback and it never would have occurred to me to tell her. But I was like, oh my God, I hope you didn't get out of your car. We had a rash of gang issues in our city years ago where gang members were driving up and hitting people in the back of the car, expecting them then to pull over, get out, and then we're mugging them and carjacking them. Oh, um, that was like a very, I'm sure that happens everywhere, but that was like a very specific thing that was happening here in a specific period of time. What should, where can people go where they can find out what the common thing is? Because I feel like in our news and we have gang issues, um, you know, we will hear on the news, such and such thing is happening repetitively. It's the, it's the hijacking of the moment or the mugging of the moment, whatever the scam is. How do we know that when we're going to a specific place, like if we're traveling, where do we go to find that information? That is a great question. And I wish I had a, a, a simple answer. Um, I guess the, the simplest answer is to look at the website and or the social media posts of the local police department. If there is a rash of something, most modern police agencies, especially ones in bigger cities, have 
a public information officer or a public information division that is putting that information out. And one of the more common subscription services that law enforcement has in different areas of the country is um, LexisNexis. You may have heard of them if you've if you've ever been involved in the legal system at all. But they have um, they 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 print our criminal codes. They print a lot of other publications, but they also do a lot of online stuff and they provide crime analysts to various police departments. But one of the things that that member agencies have is the ability to upload their crime uh, stats. And this is if they have the embedded analyst, they can they can they can upload those stats uh, to their database and it shows mapping. It shows real mapping of the types of crimes in certain areas of whatever that jurisdiction is. Might be a city, it might be a town, it might be a county, whatever. So they're able to, and again, this is this this changes from agency to agency. Not every agency subscribes to this one. They might use a different service, but that's one of the bigger ones. That's the only reason why I mention it. So, but usually there's a link from the, the agency's website or social media or both that brings you to that mapping software. That's amazing. Um, as a road tripper, I often, you don't know going into a new location, what are the good parts of town and bad parts of town? That would be excellent. You said that was LexisNexis? That's correct. Yeah. Georgia, you, I saw you nodding along to that. Was that something familiar to you? I'm familiar with LexisNexis. Uh, one of the places I worked many years ago back in, say, the early 90s was a uh, federal crop insurance corp, which is uh, has a lot of lawyers involved. And so uh, setting up their networks and everything had to be familiar with LexisNexis because that's a resource that they use a lot of. So that's been around for oh, several yeah. decades. I have no idea how long it's been around, but I know at least back when I was familiar with it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and that um, kind of leads to, as we're talking about crime, and we mentioned masks earlier, and you were saying the benefit of masks can be, it gives somebody a little bit of a comfort. Um, I'm a little less comfortable. I love wearing a mask myself, and don't get me wrong. I'm a little less comfortable sometimes not being able to identify people that I come into contact with. What are you seeing? I'm, I'm sure there's an uptick of crime with people wearing masks and not being identified, how can we protect ourselves if we can't tell anybody who robbed us? Like, wh what should well, we look for? So, all right, so let me let me say why I'm smirking because it's, there's this been this very strange thing that I've seen in some, in some crime patterns lately that makes no sense whatsoever. So, you know, as I said, if, if you saw somebody with a mask before, the, the spidey senses would go off, the red flags would go flying, and, you know, now masks are normal. We are seeing so many shoplifting and robbery suspects that either don't wear a mask into the store to do the crime, so we catch them on video still, uh, or as soon as they get out the doors, they're taking their mask off, and so they're caught on the video on the exterior of the store. It's just, 
It's absolutely ridiculous. The one time in history that you can get away with wearing a mask and, and our criminals are choosing not to. I guess that's why we clear cases. It's not like we're dealing with Ocean's Eleven here. Um, <laughs> so so that's part of it. But there are other there are other traits that you can key in on. And I has anybody ever seen the show Outlander? It's, it's a fairly popular series on, I think it's on Netflix. Um, but anyway, there's, there's a sexual assault that occurs in the storyline of that show. And later on in the show, the perpetrator is discovered because of a mark on their hand. It was a birthmark that was on the perpetrator's hand. And that is what the victim keyed in on during the assault. And later on, when that character reemerged, she had no idea who this assailant was because it happened in an alley. She sees the mark on the hand and identifies the suspect. These are mass suspects. Now, this is taking place in the 1700s, but, but this is something that it's not CSI stuff. This is basic observations. And so again, it goes back to the observation. What does the person look like? This part of the person that's covered by the mask is only a very small part of that person. So are there tattoos? Are there scars? What about their gait when they approached, when they went away? Sometimes we identify suspects based solely on the way they walk or act because it's very individual. And, and think, about, think about all the people that you know, that you have seen since the pandemic started. And you see the person with the mask face and you immediately know by looking at their eyes and the way that they walk or talk or act without even hearing their voice, like just their basic mannerisms, you know who that person is. So we're able to get, we're able to take those key pieces, even if we don't have video footage, get it out to the public and identify these folks. So anything you can clue in on. And this is, you know, this is something that, that people don't typically think about. Because again, we focus on the little spot of the person that we can see. We're not looking at the whole person, or we might be looking at the whole person, but we're not registering. We're not sort of locking those into our memory. So anything you can focus on, anything that's different, anything that's unique, color of their skin, just to say that they're dark or light-skinned is that's not as helpful. But what is how dark, how light? Were the tan lines? Is there something else that might indicate maybe what this person does for a living, like particular boots or dirt on their boots or an insignia that, that stands out that's unique? I remember um, being out with somebody who was a police officer and their automatic response was that they were going to sit with their back to the wall facing the door of the restaurant because they... They, it was just habit to always be aware of who's coming and who's going and what's going on. Sarah, is that like that for you? Do you have a criterion that when you're just walking down the street and looking at people, do you kind of go head to toe as you're passing people by? And what 
is the criterion for us. Is there like an, an anagram we can follow? Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Well, I don't, I don't have anything that like that to offer you. I am always sizing people up. I'm all, and I think we as humans do that. We're always, maybe it's for a different purpose. I'm looking at the threat level. Is this person presenting any sort of a threat to me? Or are they just a normal person going about their normal business and they're focused on their phone or they're focused on whatever, or you know, whatever it may be? Or is there something about this person that I believe to be a threat? Or is there something about this person that I believe to be off? Not maybe not, maybe not just a threat, maybe like there might be something wrong with this person. Again, I have a medical background too. So I look at it from that perspective as well. So, you know, looking at, looking first off at the face and the body language as a whole, you know, what, are, what is their body language telling me? Are they, you know, scanning the room? And if they're scanning the room, is it because they're a police officer who, or a military person who has that healthy paranoia or that ingrained paranoia? When you get out of the police academy, you are convinced that everybody's a threat and then even your own mother is out to get you. I mean, that, that is the way that we're trained. Everything is danger. So that's, that's kind of, you know, that one type of person. But the other type of person that's scanning the room is the type of person who's looking for easy targets. They're looking for opportunity. They're looking for the unattended purse. They're looking for the person that doesn't have friends with them that is leaving alone. And maybe their, their goal is sexual assault and they want to follow that person. But there, any, any criminal will case their target, whether it's a location or a person. And that casing, that, that sort of studying might be only a very brief time or it might be a very extended time. It might be weeks that they're following this person. It's so easy to stalk people now without being uh, caught because everything's so digital. So, and the vast majority of our sexual assault and homicide victims are stalked prior to their homicide or prior to their sexual assault. So it's, it's real. And so looking at that whole person, looking at what they're doing, why are they doing it? And, I, you know, I, I do this very quickly. And I think we can all do it very quickly to a degree. I think we do take in certain things, but we have to start the habit because as Georgette mentioned before, women, cis women are brought up this way. I had the benefit of a mom who brought me up the same way. Um, but it's, it's not the norm for a cis male. You know, a cis male relies on other things and sort of being the dominant, the privilege, the, the whatever it is um, that, you know, we don't need to pay attention to those things because we have the superior strength or we have this or that or the other thing that can take care of this or, or maybe just the fact that we're male, so we're not a target, right? So there's all of these things to consider and it's not easy, but I think that, uh, I think that if we start small, and start to just pay attention to what people are doing, we can come a long way very quickly. Thank you. 
Rami, um, I'd, I'd like to hear from you. You've been so quiet down there. You're our global representation. Are you hearing things that kind of strike a chord for you tonight? I, um, I, I know that there is a perception kind of in different countries of the US and our crime rate here. How do you feel going out and about um, in your town? Um, well, listening to what's going on in the, in the States, it's so different. Like here, it's very accepting and there's really, I haven't heard of any major crimes to do with trans women here. Um, there's one thing I was thinking of before about when we, um, when we go out in public and try to not be noticed and all that, I have noticed here, and I'm not too sure about the stage, but trans women tend to dress up much more um, uh, office-like or going out for dinner, but they're just going to the mall or something. And I think that um, you've really got to look and watch what other women are wearing and mixing with them. Um, I don't overdress when I go out. Um, I just, you know, full clothes just like this. And um, I have never been misgendered. I've never been looked at. I've never been laughed at. I've never anything. So a lot of this was going on in the States really isn't, um, I can't relate to a lot of that because it's just so different here. Um, but I do feel that also um, the way you walk, also, um, um, because you sometimes you're looking too much on what um, you know, thinking what well, other people are looking at you. You're not really concentrating on how you're walking either. Um, and so, um, I just take all of that in, uh, and I'll just, I'll just just be myself. And and um, I do belong to a few groups here, and I've sort of also mentioned that and I've helped a few uh, other women and taken them to the mall and just showed them how to walk around and just be themselves um, and but as I say the crime here is not what you hear in America there's really no um, uh, if there is it's not reported but it's um, nothing major to do with the trend in the trans community I've never heard of anything so a lot of it's irrelevant what you talk about from the States. But I guess when I get to the States, I'm going to have to take note. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to hear that things are um, feeling safe for you there. That was, I always think of there's a line from the office where a woman says, everyone told me if I moved to the States, I would be murdered. And everyone <laughs> just kind of nods along. <laughs> it's a horrible thing to say, but um you know, you hear the most beautiful things about New Zealand. I'm sure there's crime everywhere, but I'm glad to hear that that is not a pervasive part of, of your life. Uh, thank you for sharing that perspective. For here, Sarah, what are some of the new scams that are out there? And are there only scams online or should be we, we be watching for new scams while we're out mingling in society, you know, shopping and living our lives again? There is always a scammer trying to scam you, uh, whether it's the phone calls about your car warranty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think we all get those. Um, or the online scams. Uh, you know, I was working with, a, with a, a, a domestic violence victim who was brutally assaulted by her husband of a very short period of time. And 
she she was struggling because the husband was was locked up. He was the source of most of the income for the household, and that was, and it still wasn't a lot of money. But she was on the verge of losing her home, and so she easily got baited into an online scam for a personal loan, and it it just was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare for her. She ended up in a worse situation financially than she had started off on. Um, luckily, the bank was was willing to, you know, take the hit on this and. But it just, it didn't help her. And, and, and of course, the, the general rule is always, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But when you're desperate, you'll, you'll try anything. And mm. I think we're all a bit desperate in COVID times for one reason or another. And so we might be a little more vulnerable than we were at, at one time. So there's... Nothing ceases to amaze me is the short answer. Um, and using that general rule, I think, is, is probably the easiest way to stay out of trouble. Um, if you get a text that says that there's a lottery winning, it's probably not real. Um, and there are ways to vet things. You know, I, I always think about the, uh, the Facebook posts of, um, of this, that, or the other thing that it seems a little far-fetched. Um, there was... Uh, there was one recently, and I forget what it was, but it was it was it was a funny picture. It was it was, and it and it had the potential to be real. It was involving an animal, a wild animal, or something. And 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 so I'm like, you know, this seems a little far fetched. I mean, it looks like it might be real. So where do I go? Snopes.com, and you can find out if it's an urban legend or not. You know, so there are resources for you to check these things out, and if it's a legitimate opportunity, if it's a legitimate, and maybe maybe a legitimate opportunity means that it's a multi-level marketing company, you know, something like Amway or something like um, some of these other companies that are out there that, that have these parties and, you know, maybe like the pampered chef type of things or, or other things like that. You know, that's, that's a multi-level marketing type of situation. And that is an opportunity. Oftentimes they make them sound really good, like, Oh, Mary Kay, you're going to get the pink Cadillac. I just saw one of those today. <laughs> and uh, not everybody gets the pink Cadillac because you don't see pink Cadillacs driving around everywhere, right? So, so those are legitimate opportunities that if you really work hard, you can, you can do well in uh, potentially. But that's not a scam, but it's something you should exercise caution on. And you should look into it before you invest money in it or try to, you know, I see, I see, I've seen people lose their savings. I've seen people lose um, their, their homes, their, their cars. I mean, all these horrible things because somebody scammed them. So trend-wise, I think it's, it varies from place to place. I think what you're going to see in the coming days and weeks is you are going to see scams around the hurricane. Help the hurricane. Donate here. Here's a link. Yep. And maybe it's a maybe it's a jar at a store or a restaurant that says, "Help the hurricane." Do you really know where that money's going? Is it 
is it the is it the red cross is it the whatever the other national organizations are that are helping the relief or not ask some questions before you donate don't just throw the money in there and you know maybe you'll get an, a response from the clerk at the store that says i don't know somebody just put that out here and asked if we'd have it out there so you don't know if that's the scammer down the street that said hey i'm collecting money for the hurricane would you mind if i put this jar in your store versus the legitimate store owner that's put the jar out there and says oh no i'm linked up with x y or z national organization and we are putting together a group of people to go down and help out at the, at the hurricane relief that's very different so ask those questions Thank you. And I, I loved how you had your golden rule. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. And it made me think that everybody, everyone on this panel probably has one or two things that are their golden rules that they just do automatically. And I'd love to hear yours. I can tell you one of mine is I subscribe to so many softwares as a photographer and a business owner. So, you know, Adobe Photoshop, Microsoft, GoDaddy. Um, I, I get corporate emails year round, you know, you need to update your passcode or a credit card on file or whatever it is. My personal role is I never click the links and respond to those emails, even if they look legit. I've definitely gotten scammed ones from that people who have copied GoDaddy very poorly. Um, but because those are all businesses that I subscribe to and I use, I then just open up my own webpage. I find that company, whether it's Adobe or my bank, I don't even click on ones from my bank and I log in on my own and then make sure, okay, well, did I need to update any of this information? So, you know, I'm sure 99.9% .9 of the time it's totally legit and emails I would expect still don't click on them. Yep. So what are, what are some of your golden rules? Grace, you're not in a long. I've got an email thing that I've done as well. I use Gmail and I have my personal Gmail account. And then, uh, you know, for things that I wanted to, to go on, try, sign up for whatever, I'm always leery about giving out my email. So I created a second email address that the name is pretty similar, but I don't give it out to people. I just, um, you know, whatever company, you know, whatever I, uh, sign up for an email list or a newsletter that kind of thing i get them through that that my it's like my junk thing and uh and i figure if it just gets too much garbage in there and and i have to get rid of the account who cares because my my regular email account i've, I've been kind of safeguarding that so uh so that's uh, one thing that I've, I've done that for a long time that sounds great Bron and i think i saw you with your hand oh uh, yeah i've been um because you I'm, shared in our club member Facebook group. Yeah, you just got to. I did. Uh, I, I'm a librarian, and 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 I've read a lot about some of the tech scans and things going on, and I and I actually work for the for the Air Force, in a in a lab where they do, uh, security stuff, and uh, one thing I I've really learned recently, and actually probably knew before, was that a lot of the people that, that are sending you stuff. And especially if you if you're out like on a dating service or something like that, and, and somebody wants to talk with you outside of the dating service, the first thing I ask them to do then is to do a video chat with me. And I have control of the video chat. 
I don't give them my number. I you know, either do it through Facebook or through uh, some other thing, even, even Zoom. And uh, that has really cut down a lot on a lot of the garbage I get. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is uh, use the double factor authentication on anything that has it. Uh, it may take you a few minutes to get something back from on your cell phone with a code in it. But that's going to save you a lot of money down the road. And it could, could even save your life for that matter. Very good advice. Thank you. I love, I think you've mentioned that before when we've talked about dating and stuff um, on the show, when we've done those panels about doing a video authentication, because there are people who get scammed through dating apps and sites. And and that is to prey on somebody's heart. I think it's just one of the worst things that you can do. Georgette, I think I saw you nodding along. Do you have a go-to golden rule that you'd like to share? We know Romney doesn't because it's so safe in New Zealand. She doesn't need them. Um, I have very many uh, email accounts. Uh, some were, first one was a shared account. Then I created a specific account for myself and my partner. And then I've created accounts that were, like you say, on like dating sites, things like that. So that if something starts to be having a problem, I can just kill that account and start over again. Uh, I, since I do most all my work on a, a personal computer, not on my phone, a lot of the email things and requests and stuff like that, I uh, like when I get friend requests on Facebook, things like that, I will uh, check out their profiles, find out why it is they want to be friends with me, because I don't get a lot of friend requests that I that I actually take. Um, and on emails, uh, you have the advantage of if you take your cursor and hover it over their keywords, you'll find out what they're really pointing to, and not what it says. It's a common form of I guess it'd be phishing or spoofing type of activity. So it's a, it's a variety of things. Georgette, thank you for that reminder about Facebook. That reminded me. So we try to, to be live and have an episode either that's public for everyone or for our club members. We've rarely had ones that were just on Zoom and could not be recorded. Like we have a Zoom social next week and open mic night. I know Grace is already planning a song for us. That won't be recorded. We did have a special series that Beth McKinley, our favorite financial advisor, who's been on the on the show a couple of times, she was not able to be recorded because of being a financial advisor. So she did a couple Zoom webinars for us that were just Zoom. And one of the things that we talked about was identity theft. And we had a whole Zoom on it, which is one of the, the benefits of joining our group. And one of the things that we talked about was Facebook. So for anybody who's, I I feel like I go through, I see series of like people getting their profiles hacked. Yeah. Um, So a couple of the tips that we had gotten from her identity theft seminar was change your social media passcodes every month, which seems exhausting, but that was the suggestion. Um, And two, hiding your friends list. 
it's harder to, I believe, duplicate your profile if people can't see who your friends are because they yeah. can just screenshot and copy your pictures and everything. Um, Sarah, I can only imagine the list you have of things like that is like, you know, 5,000 deep. Yeah, it's um, it's ever growing. It's ever growing for sure. But you know, Stephanie Jeffries, she's uh, she's pretty amazing when it comes to to these things. Um, and she's she's my go-to cyber expert, and she's in the in the private sector. And she, I mean, she can find a lot of stuff on people. So you know, there's uh, there's a lot of people out there that know a lot of things, and not all of them are in the public sector. It's like we we have some really smart people out there. So um networking with them and boy if you could get stephanie on at some point uh, help me i've tried <laughs> help me get her on the show i would love that this is such an important topic to me um please this is a, a reach out to stephanie please come on i have definitely messaged her in the past please um but okay so rami any go-to ways to protect yourself in any which way any automatic like things. Nope. I'm not going to click on this or answer that question in a phone call. Um, no, we, we, we get all the scams that you get because <laughs> so, um, emails all international. Um, I just don't click on anything. Um, it's quite often there's some neat things I want to buy and I see them come up on Facebook and ads. I found out I never click on them because um, I've lost money that way. Um, I always shut down and I go to the website and have a look and see if it's legit. Um, wow. Apart from that, um, I don't open anything. If I haven't ordered anything, or don't know that thing, I don't open them whatsoever. I have opened one once before where there's things here, there's a little bit of a blurry picture and it says, um, I think this is you. And I thought, oh, is it? And I clicked on it and it sent horrible, nasty pictures to everybody on my friends list. And I had a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> so um, just don't click on anything that I just don't know who they are. And um, if it's someone I think I know who they are, I'll go through the back door and see who they are. And that's what I just do. Yeah, and that's these are all things we have to think of now, right? Like I, I was just explaining credit and credit cards to my young sister who's in college. And I told her when I was in college, I remember somebody calling me on my dorm phone, asking me if I wanted a credit card. And I was like, yeah, I do want a credit card. And some stranger called me. I gave him my social security number, oh, all my okay. information, but I actually got a discover card. Like it was, it was long enough ago that I would be horrified if I saw anybody do that. Now like, oh yeah, you know? but this is, it's important to stay up with the times and be aware of, of what's happening in the world. So we've got to, oh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to finish. I've got something, you just reminded me of something. Go ahead. I was going to read a couple comments from our audience. Oh, okay. So, you know, you said credit card and it just reminded me something I used to do in a previous life, uh, haven't in a while. And um, maybe it'd be good to see if there's that kind of thing to be done now in this stage of life where a, a, a wallet and a pocket is different than a purse. I used to have uh, an old wallet that I put uh, old, you know, bogus cards in. Uh, so it looked like it was my real wallet. If I was going somewhere, if I was going to go into the city and walk through Grand Central Station wearing jeans. I know that back pockets are easy targets. And I always would carry my, my man days, carry my wallet in my back pocket. 
but if going into the city, I'd put the wallet in a different pocket and then I'd put my decoy wallet in there. And if somebody did get it, they'd get something that looked real, but it just had a lot of garbage in it. Uh, I haven't done that in a few years. Um, how would one go about, I guess you, you really can't do that while carrying a purse, can you? Unless you have two purses, so one hidden and one, and one, one, uh, one decoy. Well, first, did anybody ever go for the decoy wallet? Never. Well, glad to know that you weren't mugged, even if it was a thing. Right. You know, at least I felt a little safer. You know, if somebody gets it, yeah, I don't care, whatever. It's, you know, you get those things in the mail, they look like a real credit card, you know, send this in. Yeah, it was like a bunch of that garbage. Well, but, let me ask Sarah this, because Bessna Kinley had shared something that I had never heard of before, and I want, I'd like to verify it with a police officer. Um, you know, she was saying, how does a woman do that? Carry as little as you possibly need. Don't carry every credit card and bank card and thing that you need on you. One of the things which that she said is, I always thought I had to carry my ID on me. And her comment was that it's the law that you have, if you're pulled over without your driver's license, you have 24 or 48 hours to prove that you have it. So you don't even have to really actually carry your driver's license on you. Is that true? Well, not entirely. So that is a general practice in a lot of jurisdictions. There is in many, um, in many areas, a thing called possession of license required and simply not having it can get you a summons. Um, and the reality is, is that if, if somebody were to write you for that and you pr produced it within a short period of time, such as 24 hours, they'll rip that summons up. And a lot of folks will tell you, a lot of officers will tell you, hey, you know what? I can run you. So give me the last four of your social, give me a couple of different things. And, and when we run the person, we can see in the system the descriptors, and if the descriptors match what we're seeing, then we're good. Now, when we're talking about a trans person behind the wheel, that might be a little bit different. So I'd, I'd really wanna have my ID with me. I'd wanna have you know some, some basic stuff. And, and again, if, it, if you're required to have it, so, so most states, if not all, driving is a, having a driver's license is a privilege, it's not a right. Okay, so so you 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 certainly have the right to exist. You have the right to to do whatever, but that privilege comes with with things that you need to do. One of those things is possess that license. So there are there are ways around it. Most people are not going to get jammed up in, in terms of having to go to court because of not having their license on them. I love Beth's idea of of less is better uh, because I I keep minimal things in my wallet when I go out. And that's either if I were to go out as a guy or to go out as a girl, it's the same. Um, Cause I don't want to lose it. I don't want to, you know, I, I have a debit card and a credit card in most cases. Sometimes I have two debit cards depending on what I'm doing or maybe two credit cards depending on what I'm doing. But, um, and I also often will make a note of which ones I have with me. Sometimes I just take a photo and I store it in, in a secure uh, vault um, on my phone where it's protected with a passcode um, so that if it were ever to turn up missing, I know which companies that I need to cancel with, whether it's the bank or whatever, and to see if there's any fraudulent charges. 
So it's good to have that sort of general idea with with going out and that sort of thing. So, um, and I don't know, I, I, there used to be some states that required possession of an ID if you were over 18 or something. I don't know if that still exists. I don't know if the Supreme Court struck that those laws down or not. So I can't speak to that. I know in a lot of states, you don't have to have an ID, um, but an officer can ask you for an ID. Um, so. Thank you. One of the things that I had chosen to do in the past when I would do more travel or travel internationally is um, you're reminding me, I think it was with my Discover card, that Discover card I got from giving that stranger all my information over the phone. Um, they had an extra thing. It was like two or $3 extra a month and they did wallet protection and you could tell them everything. You could tell them your passport numbers, your driver's license number. You could load all your credit cards in your, their system. So if your wallet was stolen, you made one call, you called discover, and then they took care of canceling mm -hmm. everything else. Um, and that I don't do that anymore, but it, I don't, so I don't know if they still offer that, but I remember there was a period where I did, and it helped me feel extra secure. Oh, uh, Rom, Rami, let's go. Um, yeah. Life Talk has that kind of thing. Yeah. I, um, I, in my wallet, in my purse, but my wallet there, I've got a, um, little card I put on there because there are some people that can walk past you and they can scam your, um, card as well. Um, and it just block it, and sometimes you've got these pay wave. I don't know if you know, well, I don't know what it's called over there, but you can just sort of tap your card by the machine and it pays, but it blocks it. Um, so, so if you've got the card in there, it just won't, um, it won't recognize it. You actually have to pull the card out to do it because you have some people that have walked past and they've actually scammed you just by walking past and they can read your cards. Um, the other thing I do is in my Thing. I, I carry about two cards on me, two credit cards or FPOS cards. And um, I've got a card there, say pin numbers, and I put all these false numbers on it. Um, and then if after if they find it and try and put it in, saying, oh, great, I've got the numbers, and they start punching it in, after the third go, it swallows the card. Um, and then the bank will contact you and say, oh, your cards are here. And that's, that's what I do. Mm. Very clever for somebody in a country with no crime. Very good there. <laughs> oh, there is crime. <laughs> um, everyone, thank you so much. We our our hour has flown by. Let me share a couple of things from the audience, and then if anybody has any last questions or last things they'd like to share, um, so Liz Tattersall, club member, life coach, part of my feminine heart family, she shared something important about her purse um, that we have not mentioned tonight. She says, "I agree." one credit card, license, and lipstick, then you're all set. So we do have those priorities in there too. Um, so Michaela Roden, one of our club members says, one telltale sign of scam emails and text messages is a lot of times they contain misspellings, especially with common words. Very true, I've noticed that. I've actually gotten the text messages where there was a parentheses in a line and they were supposed to fill in the blank and they never did. So I got the paragraph via a text of, hello, your blank package was delivered to blank address. I don't know if anyone else has seen those. Um, Sarah Shore says, Bronwyn, she loves your um, tip. 
Um, thank you so much. And oh my goodness, just so many lovely thank you. So many people tuning in with us. Uh, Sarah to you, Ashley Glennon says, Sarah, thank you. You look beautiful tonight and my plane is taking off. So those were her last words while she was, how sweet to sit in the airport, couldn't join us on screen tonight and is still listening in on such an important topic. I'm so glad that we had this chance this evening. Does anybody have any last questions or thoughts that they would like to share this evening? Georgette, you? Um, only going back many years, um, <clears throat> uh, the idea of not carrying an ID and stuff when you're driving uh, could land you in trouble. Um, I was in the Navy uh, driving while dressed and got stopped by a local cop. Now, I probably, if I didn't have all my IDs and uh, tags on my car from the military base, it could have gotten a lot worse than it did because <laughs> um, I had to not show just my uh, driver's license, but my military ID. Um, and then after the military was, uh, most people that uh, nowadays don't realize that um, it was illegal in a lot of states to cross-dress and you could be arrested for that. So a lot of us that did it in the 60s, 70s, or whatever, um, carried a letter. My, my psychiatrist explained my situation. So while my IDs would not line with what they saw, they at least had some something to go by. So it's something that people now don't really have a problem with, maybe. I don't know. Very, very good reminder of how far we have come as a society. Thank you for sharing, Georgette. Um, Grace, do you have any last thoughts, any last things you'd like to share? How do we oh, find your flare bracelet? Oh, uh, getflare.com. And uh, they're, they're, or, or just they'll, they'll hit you on Facebook, I'm sure. <laughs> now that we've uh, talked about it, it's all listening in. That's right. But um, uh, yeah, I, I like mine. I, I put on the uh, transmission some recommendations for it as well. Uh, I just think as far as a closing thing, just back to what Sarah said earlier, probably the most important thing, awareness. Can't stress that enough. Yeah, very true. Bronwyn, do you have any last thoughts for us this evening? Any last things you'd like to share? Uh, just the, the, I recently had the experience with a, with, a, with a new trans person coming out who happened to be a minister in a Southern Baptist church. And they'd come across my name and they, and they were asking me things, but their pictures that they were displaying and the information they had on their Facebook page, I was able to figure out with just a little, well, I guess detective work, I don't know, being a librarian, pretty similar. Uh, <laughs> I was able to figure out exactly who they were, what church they were in, and because of the directories that the church information had, I had all their family members' names and I had their email and phone number. And I sent that information back to them. And um, they were a bit more careful after that. Hmm. Very good. Now, can you do that, Sarah? Isn't there like a reverse image Google where if somebody sends you a picture, if it's not their true picture? I've actually never done that. How do you do that? Or is it just as simple as I said? It is pretty It is pretty simple. I, I don't do that very often. Usually I like, 
I contact our cyber crimes people and have them do those things for me. But <laughs> um, with your resources, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been spoiled in the sense that I have access to a lot more databases than than most people do, and I and I often wonder as I you know look at transitioning into uh, the private sector as I um, considering retirement um, from at least the the public sector what that might look like but i know there are there are services out there legitimate services uh accurate in particular that um that, that is a pay service that is is a legitimate and they, they search public records and stuff there's a lot of ways to get a lot of information on people but sometimes just googling their names uh doing exactly what ronan said was you know it, it's it's not hard to do if you take a little bit of time and you do a little bit of research, you can find an awful lot on people. And I and I would highly recommend you do that on yourself, especially if you're not out. If you're if you're still guarding um, your 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 dual identity, um, do a little research, as if you were somebody looking to cause you harm, uh, or somebody looking to out you, and see what you can find, see what's linked. And uh, like I mentioned, Stephanie Jeffries uh, will do that for anybody um, that she's friends with that asked her. And uh, it's, it's pretty telling. Thank you. Rami, any last thoughts from you? No, I'm all, I'm all done. She's good. She's safe down there. <laughs> we'll, 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 we all have your back when you come to the U.S. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> well, Sarah, you did um, share some important information with us there, but you know, as our guest this evening, do you have any last things you'd like to say? Anything that we didn't touch upon? No, I think we covered quite a bit. Don't everybody hit up Stephanie at once. She'll she'll murder me. <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly, there there's there's um, the the two the two sort of take a home takeaway messages are treat everybody with respect, including law enforcement. If you, whether you agree or disagree with whatever the narrative of, of the day is, we're all out there doing a job and there may be some, there may be some bad interactions and those happen, but those are, I, I know are the minority, but they get the most press. So um, treat people, treat one another as if you wanted to be treated the same way. And uh, I think you'll, you won't go wrong. And if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And certainly anybody can reach out to me anytime and I'm happy to, to answer questions or, or help you walk through something that you're, that you're not quite understanding. Sarah, thank you for that. And I have a, a couple of updates before we close this evening as I like to do at the end of every show. Uh, so next week, we will not be live. Our club members are gathering for a Zoom social and open mic night. We had such a blast before. We had stand-up comedy. We had guitar players. We had singers. We had, we had the range. So if you are a club member of My Feminine Heart, this is open to all club members. I'll be sending the email out tomorrow with the Google sign-up sheet. Uh, and then we would love to hear you perform. It's not recorded. So you can totally just go for it and not worry about it being um, permanently out there for the world to see. It's just for us in the Zoom. And beyond that, remember to uh, grab your books. 
At the end of September, we are, our next book club discussion is Between Shadow and Sun by Tina Madison White. And they will be joining us, the author and the author's wife, our club member, Mary White, will be joining in the Zoom discussion. So if you are wondering when we come back, uh, we will be back here September 14th. And it's an era, an era, eerie gala episode. So the gals who run the Erie Gala and all the My Feminine Heart experts who are going to be there are all going to come on and tell you the amazing things that they are doing. If you have ever wondered um, what it's like to attend a conference, it's going to be the first big, huge public one of the year. We're so excited to gather again. And then, of course, we will be following with first event in Keystone down the line. But this is going to be the big bash to start them all off. So love you all so much. If you'd like to join us, send me an email, info at CassandraStorm.com. Our membership is currently closed, but we would love to have you sign up for a wait list and join us when we reopen, which will be later this fall. Looking forward to having everyone be a part of the My Feminine Heart family. Thank you to everyone on screen this evening for sharing your insights and your experiences you are all such valued members of our community. We love you. Sarah, welcome back anytime and get your friend on this show. We want to talk cybersecurity too. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We love you. Have a beautiful evening. Bye. Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at myfeminineheart.com.